0: Hi, everybody. This episode with Karen Harrow from Harrow Style gave me so much joy. And it's going to seem a little off the beaten path as a grief conversation, I think, for some of you. But it was really important to me to have this conversation. I'm trying to widen the breadth of how we talk about grief and loss and the experiences of it. And as you'll see, I tell a couple of stories in here about my experience with buying clothes for both of my parents' funerals, not just for me, but also for my children. I also wanted to tell you right after we recorded this episode, I had a big business meeting. And when I spoke to the staff, they said, it's business casual. I have not been back into an office. I couldn't even picture business casual. I texted Karen right after I got off that call and she texted me back. She was getting on a plane and she texted me back exactly what I should wear based on my own colors. And I couldn't believe it. Immediately I understood, oh, this is the outfit that I can put together. She gave me ideas for jewelry, ideas for shoes. I actually bought a pair of shoes that she's suggested. If you are having a tricky time with clothes, whether it's grieving or not, she is such a gem. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Thanks so much for being here. Welcome to Grief is my side hustle. I am your host, as always, Megan Bird Gervis. And I am really delighted to be sitting down with somebody who I'm now going to call a longtime friend. Okay. That even though we haven't yet met in person, I have Karen Harrow here today and I am delighted. You and I have been following each other since we met at Zibby's book club and I and multiple of my friends are obsessed with your platforms, but I follow you on Instagram, your Harrow style. Thank you so much for being here.
1: My pleasure to be here. So happy to be here.
0: It maybe is not going to seem obvious for about 30 seconds as we get you to sort of describe what your life on the internet is, but you do a style blog every day about your clothes and about what you're buying and about what you're wearing. And I sent you a text a while back that was like, hey, can we talk about funeral clothes? And you were like, hell yes, we can. <laughs> so you know, let's start talking here. about
1: funeral clothes. Who doesn't love talking about funeral <laughs> well, clothes? No, about funeral.
0: But who talks about funeral clothes? I mean, I, I have, you know, I have a Good lot up. of thoughts and feelings about them. Um, But as someone who spends a lot of time advising people and thinking about clothes, I really just wanted to know your thoughts and feelings about this. So start, start as I ask everybody, like, how do you come into this world with grief and loss?
1: I think just being human and being a certain age, it's inescapable. I have not experienced some of the loss that other people have experienced in terms of like, I still have both of my parents, but I was very close with my grandparents. So I have had loss and I've been to many funerals. I've had friendship loss. I've had many losses and grieving, but I can't say it's, you know, singular, like, you know, child loss or parental loss or sibling loss. You know, I I don't have that. Um, Like anyone, I have lost like. Yeah, you know, and loss before it happens, grieving before the act, you know, that right. kind of thing. Yeah.
0: So tell folks a little bit about what you have been doing for the past.
1: Is it two years, three years now? No, it's been actually longer, but I, it just is more recent on Instagram. Okay. But pre-pandemic I started and I do on social media. I show basically, I mean, to boil it down, I show my outfit That I wear every day and I wear that actual outfit every day. A lot of people say, do you just put that on? So the, the social media, no, I don't. I physically wear that outfit until it's time for bed or washing my car or something else. And so, yeah, no, I, and I have grown it, I mean, over time, like any evolution to explain why I'm choosing those clothes, you know, for the day. So if I'm going to a doctor's appointment, I'll explain, you know, why I'm not wearing something with snaps or buttons that, you know, will go through a radiology machine or something, or I'm going to a luncheon or something else. So my, my purpose in sharing my outfits of the day, and I do other things too, like styling videos and what I have I've purchased and maybe working it out with you know, who was watching me, my followers watching me, should I keep it or not? Is to say like, is this working for me? Does this really serve me, my life, my body? Is this giving me the good feeling about myself? Less so about look at me more, how do I feel in this? So that's that's not, my purpose of it.
0: It's such a great summary because that those are the videos that I'm obsessed with is you're like, I'm gonna show you what I got at Target today, or I'm gonna, and you describe where they come from. I bought a pair of shoes to copy you. Not the ones that you had because they were nicer than I could afford, but you do this whole sort of like mix and match. And for those of us who are not great at that, who haven't maybe shopped or which seems insane. There are lots of people that, you know, don't go into stores, don't try things on, don't know how to think about those things. You had a video up the other day where you were like, oh, and I know my inseam is whatever. And I was like, well, Good Lord. But nobody better ask me what my inseam is. Cause I have no idea. I barely know what size pants I fit into, but what I really, really love. And I think your followers love is you are talking about what it is that clothes are meant to do for you. Like right. what is the purpose
1: of even getting dressed? Right, and also to speak towards what the inner journey is. We're all reinventing. We're losing the people we were. We're grieving who we were, whether you know, you are grieving a body you used to have when you were in high school or grieving that your children have left the nest or that you are you don't have any more collagen. You're grieving the loss of collagen or hormones in your body and your body is changing. You're ever changing. And I wanna say, you can work with that. You can work with whatever weight you are. You can work with whatever situation you're going through there are options to pivot and get whatever trend you think is interesting or appropriateness you think, whatever your priorities are, you can do that and be accepting of who you are, where you are now, as opposed to looking backwards like, well, I can't wear that. No, you can, just let's figure out a way to do that. And I do work as a wardrobe stylist. So I go into people's homes, both virtually and in person and like literally get down to the nitty gritty of what are you wearing that's serving you and what is not and editing that and a lot of people have, many clothes they don't wear it's not it's not about acquiring or shopping it's like no what do you have and why did you why were you attracted to that or is that a former you that you need to let go so that that's not unlike you know letting go of other things
0: I recently, so in the basement of our house, I had a whole closet of like the before times clothes. So some of the before times clothes were the before times body size clothes, like before menopause and before I stopped running and before, so some some were really a, almost like a punishment or a disappointment. Like remember when I used to get to wear those amazing dresses and others of them are kind of like when I moved from New England down to DC this state of transition and confusion. I came down to DC with like these shearling coats and fleece lined jeans. And it just doesn't get cold like that in DC. Like you might have one day of that, but it took me probably three years of keeping those clothes and then being like, wait, I'm ne- I'm never gonna wear these things. I'm never gonna need these things. And I think again, in your videos, which are really quick, Part of what you're inviting us to do, it has the, the like ethos of body positive, but that's not what I mean. It's more just like life positive. (laughs) Like there are clothes out there. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to, with the money that you have and the life that you live, feel good in your clothes.
1: Yeah, because I often will share like, yes, there are things I've purchased and I, I will disclose if I got a gift from somebody or whatever, but a lot of it is is like resale. I'm all about like, why not go to a resale shop? The the gems that you find there, Goodwill or any like high-end luxury consignment shop too, they're like, there's too much there and it's very accessible. So there's no reason why you can't enjoy, you know, serving yourself that way.
0: Well, and then when you were talking about your inseam, when you were talking about knowing your measurements, I was like, oh, that's why it would be important to know your measurements. And when you're
1: shopping online. Yeah. yeah. And it's a
0: one-off thing, or you're wondering if you're, you know, is is to be able to say like, oh, well, I have a sense that that would, or would not fit me. And I think everybody probably feels more empowered when they know those things that that style dress. I think
1: that people are afraid of their measurements. They're afraid to like, go towards like more information, you know, and they're like, oh, I don't want to know. Like, You know, I don't want to look in the mirror. How many people like just won't look even in the mirror? And, you know, when they're getting dressed, they kind of like put up a shield of like they can kind of check that everything's in the right spot, but they're not connecting with themselves to say, wait, I'm going to take a moment and honor this, you know, myself in this day and my purpose of the day. And, and let me figure out all the ways I can look my best and not kind of put the shield up because people tend to put the shield up and the more information you have ahead of time, you you don't have to feel the shame of, oh, I don't look like that. Or I used to look like that. There's no need for that if you have all the information.
0: Yeah. And again, I think that's just the way I I remember being in a, I had to go buy a dress when I was like 16 or 17 years old. I hadn't thought about this in years. And I was in, I don't know, Macy's, Jordan Marsh, Filene, something like that. I was in the dressing room and I brought in a bunch of dresses and I wasn't really sure what was going to look good on me. I didn't have to go to formal things. And I came out to look in the long mirror. And there was an there was like an old lady and another old lady there. They didn't know each other. But I came out and the woman was like, Oh, honey, that's not doing anything for you. But the thing is, she said it in this affectionate way, like, go back in there. You're going to be able to do better. And so while the language around it, I, I mean, it was probably like a strapless dress that wasn't holding up my boobs that I never had in the right bra. But but it was the language around it was like, don't stop there.
1: You, you know, this isn't go back in
0: Yeah, This isn't, you can't have a dress. Yes, It's that you're going to need to do a little bit more work than that. And again, I think the way that you talk about how you like clothes to fit or the purpose of whether, of whether you're wearing something that's fitted or not reminds me because there's no judgment in it reminds me that what you are, you are encouraging us like a coach to do is to find the things that you feel good and are comfortable. And again, I really love that you are always trying on the things from target because I have a target that I walk through to get my coffee. And half the time I'm like, I do not understand why the back of that dress does not exist, but there is so much fabric on the front of the <laughs> dress. And you'll try that thing on, and I'm like, "Oh, that's fine," because other people can wear. It. Oh,
1: that that'll work. Yeah, but <laughs> it just because someone has like a certain body that you think can wear it doesn't mean that they think they can wear. That's right. And, and and something you said just a moment ago, like about when we are holding on to things from former lives, it's like it reminds me too of like there's it's okay to hold on things for emotional reasons like oh that was my graduation dress and oh that was when my whole family was together or whatever like it's okay Uh to hold on to something you'll never wear again but know why you're holding on to it like let it have purpose for you I mean I don't even know if you've ever on this podcast discussed like cleaning out someone's closet after they've passed away because that is a whole other thing but it kind of folds into this too which is when you're looking at something what does it is it serving you for a memory or is it serving you that you can actually wear it? And both are valid.
0: I love that. We do talk about, you know, cleaning out houses and going through recently, I went through my mom's jewelry, all of that. And sort of, you know, the, the emotional progression. And mostly what people ask about that is sort of like, when should I do it, right? And it, it, I guess it's probably similar to what clothes should I wear? What should I keep or not keep? Which is as long as you understand what you're doing and it actually serves you, there is no right answer. So, for people who have to sell their father's house, well, then you have to clean the closet. And if it's going to be before you're really ready, then maybe you need to have your friends fly there and sit with you and cry with you while you're packing those things up. And maybe you're going to have to, you know, bring a couple of suitcases of it home and. And donate them from home if you're
1: not sure. Postpone it if you need to.
0: Yeah. It's the it's and and for people who, you know, it's your husband's clothes and they're in half of your closet and you or your wife's clothes and you don't wanna, then one day there will be a time where those clothes are ready for you to attend to them and you're ready to attend. You don't have right. to push it. I want to I want to talk let's dive into this you know concept around what what I said to you is god I'd really love to talk about funeral clothes because it is a topic that comes up when I am talking to grievers so often and yet nobody ever talks about this out loud but the number of stories that I've heard about the funeral clothes being a whole secondary experience of trauma or sadness or excitement or honoring their beloved in some way there is so much it's rarely just i threw on a black dress that i had in my closet right right so i'm i'm curious like what your thoughts and feelings about clothes for funerals are have you helped clients with that what have you heard in terms of
1: yeah I humans. have. I've, I've helped people. Not like that's not my like expertise of like. Yeah. Oh, I've helped thousands of people for their funeral. But yeah, I've advised absolutely. And I think it's different when you are the closest to the deceased in your family, and you're thinking, I've got to get up and do a eulogy. I'm going to be seen, and it, and it dovetails into anything about when you're trying to find your style or an appropriate dress for an, an occasion. Who's my audience? And who am I in that space? You know, what are my priorities? I need to be comfortable. I can't be itchy. Or I want to present some pulled together version of myself. Or I don't want to kid anybody. I don't wear dresses. So why would I show up in a dress to my father's funeral when I never wear dresses? That's inauthentic. And so when I've spoken to people to find something in their closet, a lot of the time people know a death is coming. It's not necessarily that it's completely sudden for many people, but they're not thinking, gee... He may die in the next month. I'm going out to go get something to wear. Or it's sometimes, like you said, you're in a small town. What the heck am I going to just grab to wear? So if you can find, even after this conversation, when you go into your closet and go, if I had to go to a funeral, could I pull together? Because many people think, oh, I just need to wear something dark, colored black. Like it has to be black. Like no, dark colored, muted color is completely appropriate. Even post-COVID, things have gotten even more relaxed. You know, people now that people are congregating congregating with funerals, people are, you know, they're back to work. They're coming from work, and work is more relaxed and dressed than it used to be. So isn't it better to just show up even if you're not in the most perfect black outfit? I think that's just misleading that you have to show up in black. But I think the purpose of knowing and why the question comes up is, which you can address more than anybody, is it's uncomfortable to go to a funeral. What feelings am I going to feel when I walk in? to a room. I don't know many people. I'm going to see the family. I'm going to have to deal with my emotions. I'm going to, have to deal with their emotions. That's overwhelming already. So if you can kind of put yourself in a costume to approach the room, you already are being able to control something of your experience. Because what if you just start spontaneously crying? Like, oh, geez, I'm, you know, this is going to bring up loss in my life. And, you know, I didn't know the person that well, but here's how it's going to remind me of my loss. And if I start crying, what you know, I want to be appropriate and I have solidarity with people around me. I don't want to call attention to myself. And that's why I think the, what am I going to wear thing is important because people want to like be reassured that they can be in control. So that's like the first.
0: Such a good comprehensive answer. And I'm thinking about people that I've worked with who do want to Draw attention to themselves, right? Because because that's what the deceased would have wanted, or that's who they are in every room that they. And I'm not saying that in a crappy way. I'm saying it. Oh, so yeah,
1: it's true. You know
0: how they dress and and how they show up and is part of who they are and part of their personality. And then I know other people who couldn't even tell you what they wore because they don't remember. And I certainly, I got rid of the dresses that I wore. You know, I bought a dress for both funerals and I got rid of it immediately. The, the one thing that I was grateful for was that in both, both instances, I wore super comfortable shoes because I stood for way longer than I ever would have anticipated. Point I wanted to
1: make very important. And this is the re- this is getting gritty, but I'm going to go there. Um, how many times, like either you had tissues and you ran out, you lost your tissues. you How many, I've been at many funerals. I'm going yeah, it's disgusting, yeah. but I'm sorry. It's yeah. true. Sometimes you need a sleeve. Like your 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 tissues ran out. You got nothing to wipe your you your. I don't know. I've wiped my. I have. I've done this. I've wiped my. Oh, my for my sure. On
0: a lapel on someone else. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. I mean, it's like you just. It, sometimes it's nice to have that extra layer to just. Pocket. and, and Shoes. Pocket. Umbrella. Uh, something in the car for gravesite. Shoes for gravesite. People think, oh well, I'll wear these pumps. They're my only black pumps. Like you're on a grave site, not the most comfortable when you're, you know, in a wet cemetery, you know, and these things people don't think of, but no one's looking at your feet. I think that's maybe what I need to say when I say it's okay to wear whatever on your feet. No one is really looking at anyone's feet and you need to be comfortable. That's quite important.
0: So this is like an ignorant question, although I've been to many shivas. Is there, a, is there a traditional dress also considered in when you go to shiva? Is it similar to
1: a it's funny for this conversation. I'm like, do I know everything there is to know about funeral? Yeah, yeah, and there are so many. There's so many interesting, like you know, tidbits of here and there because I I spoke to a number of people and there are some competitive communities. Like I happen to be Jewish and I've been to many many shivas and sometimes you kind of get the whiff that people are dressing up for the night because it's like, you know what? I'm going to see all my neighbors. I'm going to see this one. I, I want to look my best and there's yeah. a little bit of competitive, you know, like zing in the air yeah, and. And I, I've been to my handful of wakes, you know, and same kind of thing, it depends on the community you're already in, whether that's going to be, I think it's going to be familiar to you because you probably, if someone you're who died, like you'll know them and who they know and whether that's kind of a focus or not. But I do think that there is something to that whole competitive, you know, showing up either at a funeral. Also, it doesn't hurt that in movies we get, you know, like funereal chic, right? um, Right. black widow you know she's got the hat she's got the veil and Jackie yeah. Kennedy i mean she started it let's face it yeah. she was the one who started it with that you know half veil you know and elegant and always you know, kind of the tropes of media kind of put it in your head of like how do, how do you have to show up is it is it going to be that kind of elevated thing or it doesn't matter at all and again going back to like you know your community you'll probably whatever you think you may expect Maybe judgment. You you may be right. You may expe- experience judgment if you came from work and you're not when you're wearing red and it's you're in a funeral that's you know black. I would say overall, uh, Western uh, anything in a Western culture is black. Yeah. But then you get into Buddhism, wearing white. Someone just recently told me a story about her going to a friend's father's funeral and she was coming from work and they her friend called her. Yeah, which is really, and you can always call the funeral director or a family member to get like more information about it. But her friend called her and said, oh, by the way, it's an African funeral. You must only be wearing white. Yep. And she had to do a little U-turn, quick change into white, and she wore white. Also, uh, In some, uh, it's an African tradition to wear red. That yeah. That's also, I mean, different countries, you know, and not, I'm not speaking to one yeah, yeah, country. Yeah. But yeah, but Western funerals are generally dark colors or black. And that's, you know, you're not, you might not be judged, you know, just by walking into the room, but depending on who you know there and, you know, who the people are.
0: Well, and it's interesting because, you know, I'm sure people who are listening have been to funerals where somebody was asked to wear a Hawaiian shirt or, you know, yeah. of somebody who, you know loved a musician who, you know, a parrot head or something. And, and I've been to funerals where they let you know the person's favorite color or, yeah, but, but I do, honor it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about like when my mom died, I, I did this sort of deep dive, but then I read it in Hope Edelman's Aftergrief, which was a much more comprehensive description of sort of the history of mourning clothes and yes. mourning jewelry and, oh, yes. and Uh, And, and what I, my takeaway from that, the reason I was so interested in it had more to do with being the griever, which was this idea that everywhere you went for a certain period of time, people would just know this about you so that if you didn't seem, I had this moment where I was in the grocery store and like, I couldn't remember the name, I think for watermelon. I was like trying to ask this young man where I could get watermelon and I couldn't, retrieve the words, which I know a lot about why I couldn't. but his response to me was like I was mentally ill and uh, like no sympathy, going, yeah. no connection. which is fine. I mean, but yeah. but I wished I had on a black band or a a black well, skirt. that so, is
1: a tradition in you know, in Jewish cultural. it's you know, now they put a ribbon on your clothes. yeah, and they cut the ribbon in a certain way. the rabbi cuts the ribbon. and you wear that. I mean, I've heard anywhere between seven days and weeks, but you wear it as a signal. If someone doesn't know what that ripped ribbon is or the, you know, the razor-bladed ribbon, they're not going to know you're in grief. Right. I always used to think, like, could you wear a sign like, to say, ah. like, I'm grieving, be gentle with me. Um, yeah. But- but the, the slashing of the ribbon originally was that people would tear their clothing because vanity, when you're grieving, is supposedly, in certain cultures, not to be addressed. You're, you should not, mirrors are covered. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be looking at yourself. You should be reflecting about the deceased and, and your grief and, and honoring them. So yes, all of these cultural things play in, and then they turn into something you know kind of interesting like mourning jewelry. I mean, people were using locks of hair as jewelry, and then it morphed into using black you know gemstones or enamel onyx whatever and fashioning morning jewelry so if you went into the grocery store in the 18th century and you were of an upper class you would be wearing your morning jewelry and signaling to the grocer you know I'm grieving
0: well it's interesting that you said the thing about the competitive clothing because there is, that is a big piece of why we lost the tradition of morning clothes so it's you know it it traditionally goes back to queen victoria and the notion that, you know, she basically dressed in black and never stopped, but, but there became a, like a whole marketplace of black laces. And if you, you know, that were somewhere from France. And so if you were of this station, you would wear this and you want to, you know, like anything yep. else and that you would have a black dress you know made you would, would of course have that in your trousseau of clothes. And the reason that it stopped was because of the war was was a shortage of fabric, not an and and an inability to create this luxury good in the middle of, you know bombs and and battlefields. so and it and it really never as a, as a tradition came back because so many people would have only been wearing black at this very bleak time because there was death upon death upon death. And so you can understand why maybe that would not have been as appealing as when it was just one person out of a community, as opposed to every, every person in this community black and
1: and but, then as we all we all travel so much you'd be like you said we'd be seeing so many it's not like we live in a little village and we, everyone knows who just died it's like no, we're we're traveling we're everywhere that's exactly right
0: and i and i and i think the the notion of like wanting to conform to the tradition of the event you know, when you go to a wedding, you wear beautiful clothes to celebrate. The costume of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And when you go on a hike, you wear clothes that are, cause you're going to get sweaty and dirty, yeah. and, you know, you need comfortable shoes. So I think there is something to be said for the concept of the clothes. And I do think there's something to be said for being intentional about the clothes. Have you, have you heard of people, you know, not being willing to wear their funeral clothes, doing something. Have people talked to you about wanting to be able to, you know. I mean, I think what
1: you said before about like, if if someone has passed away that loved a certain thing and we want to if it's a celebration of life, often it's like, no, we're not wearing black. We're not mourning this person. They led a good life. I think it's a Chinese custom that if the person is under 80, uh, they wear black. And if they're over 80, it's white. And I, I don't know if that signals the rebirth or whatever, but it's like, yeah, there are people that maybe don't want to adhere because of their own issues or they're just like, nope, I'm, you know, we're going to sell. My my parent was amazing and we're going to have this uh, more uplifting. We're not going to be morose. But at the same time, I don't know of a lot of people who would, if they were the griever, like their, clothes, their spouse or someone died, if they showed up wearing regular clothes who's going to say something yeah. to them? Like, why would anybody address that person in anything but respect? And I think what I was saying earlier about the solidarity in the room is that like everybody who's there is showing their, their commitment to, you know, being there for the family. And so wearing the same things is just like saying, you know, we're signing on to this event. You know, we're, we're adopting this costume for this event to show you that we are here and we're respectful of you and why we're here. And I, I don't know why any rebellion would come into it. I, do, yeah. I, ha, I did hear of a story of somebody who was like grieving a parent and some friend of the family just walked in, wasn't wearing any kind of, I mean, it was, I think it was like flashy and inappropriate, kind of flashy, like mini skirt, or I don't know. Um, I just thought of another story actually. And, and they were, they were in the middle of grieving and they like in, internally noted, like that's not good. Like the, I don't. That's the why they. Why, why yeah. are they making that about them? And it changed the focus. Yeah. I just that's the story I thought of my. I. Uh, my mother actually told me about a friend of hers, when her husband passed away, she was wearing stilettos, rhinestones, like covered. I don't know like if they were who they were by, but and she, my mother's like, there's a reason. There's a reason why this there's woman. Gotta be. Wearing, he must have yeah.
0: loved those shoes, right? They're, they're yeah. Awesome.
1: Right. Yeah. That's and so. Loved. But it, it was notable, even though I just said before, no one looks down at your feet. Her shoes were loud, loudly saying, like making a statement, there's a reason why I'm wearing these shoes.
0: When my dad was, my dad died over the course of about a year with a really, you know, essentially a terminal diagnosis. And I was with my, a dear friend of mine and she was buying clothes for a graduation. She was graduating and I happened to walk past in Lord and Taylor a black dress. And she saw me see the dress and she was like, we're not doing that today. That's not what's happening
1: today. We're here for my graduation.
0: No, she, she just, I think was giving me a moment of like, you don't have to prepare, like, you don't have to do this. This dress will be here. There are black dresses everywhere. And let's be here for my graduation, which was very graceful in, in the way that she sort of offered that to me. She, when my when my mom died suddenly, took my kids to Marshalls and got them clothes, which was, I think, the kindest act. Because when my dad had died two years previous, I took them to my dad died in in uh, June, and I took them to the suit, like fancy part. Dress department of Lord and Taylor because that's the the department store that has kids clothes that's near me, and what they had were like cranberry colored linen jackets that were four times too big for my kids. They did not have any suits because it wasn't Christmas and it wasn't Bat Mitzvah season, and it was they didn't they had the remnants of summer clothes, and that was a cranberry jacket and like a gray jacket. And my youngest kid, I had to bring them with me because I had no idea what size they were. And my youngest guy picked up a pair of uh, shorts that had like sharks on them. And he was like, I want to wear, I had agreed with them that they could wear shorts. They just needed to wear a blazer. And he picked up these shorts that had sharks on them. And I was like, I actually don't care if you wear those, but I know that other people will care. So no, you can't have those. And he never, he never, he was not a temper tantrum kid. But I pulled up, you know, I pulled out these khakis and I was like, these are the ones that I think would be okay. And he was like, I want these ones with the sharks. And I ended up like sitting on the linoleum floor first sort of like crying and then yelling at this tiny, tiny little boy. Like, I need you to dig deep. You are wearing these khaki pants. I also bought him the, the shark shorts, but I was like, you can't wear those to Papa's funeral. And later, when we were on the phone with my sister, he's he's very close with my sister. My sister was like, How did it go? And he was like, I have to wear my dig deep pants because
1: <laughs> I <told him laughs> yeah, I love
0: that. now I do have to add to the story, which is like for reasons I will never fully understand, because I really did know my dad was actively dying the night before he died. I, I just felt sort of crazy. It was the, my kid's last day of school and I dyed all their hair because they wanted it dyed with like temporary, what you buy at CVS. My daughter's was sort of turquoise. The first time she jumped in the pool, it came out. My son's was blue, like a Lego that, that came out in the shower in 24 hours. My little guy, the one who wanted the shark shorts, I put red polka dots in his blonde hair. And those polka dots were there until September.
1: My goodness! You didn't want judgment for the shorts, but you're okay with the hair.
0: Thank you. There you go. So my mom was like, "What the actual hell?" And I was like, ah, "I can't explain myself. I can't." But so I, do I had, think had that this,
1: is part of that process, though.
0: I had had this horrible experience in Lord and Taylor. Really, just sort of like, what do you people expect me to do? Where am I going to get these clothes? And my dear friend took all three of my kids and was like, "We're going to find something on the racks of Marshalls." And I also spent a fortune in Lord and Taylor on these clothes. I didn't even want them to have and that they outgrew immediately. And she took them and got, I mean, they even got them shoes. I I don't, I still don't exactly know how, but it is difficult when you're in those emotional moments to show up for the tedious task of like needing to buy clothes.
1: And being in a store, how surreal is that? Like nobody else in the store knows why you're yelling at your kid to you know dig deep for the those short. You know, like there's there's yeah. just you it's like there's no uh, grief doula when you're shopping. Like, no. you know what I mean? like uh, you hear about that. Oh, like you know you can get people to facilitate and help you. but like there's no clergy person to grab when you're going to Marshalls. And that's why I think having friends and 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 having friendship work. I wonder if you did call the funeral director, if they could, you know, if they had resources, I know I pay less with my best friend for shoes because it was like, you know, no, I don't have to engage anybody, they're all on the wall. (laughs) Like, Just let me get my kids into like anything that's semi footwear that they can wear to this. Cause like, you know, unless you go to church regularly and your church is like the kind that's more formal, why would your children have, you know, these items? So you said bar mitzvah season or, you know, something else. And and I do think like that is the process for grieving, is finding the right costumes for the occasion and, and getting lost in those details sometimes and getting those emotions while you're trying to figure out. And I think dressing is always emotional, but you, I think you're a good target for spending way too much money when you're grieving. Yeah, that's right. Uh, like an overspend, cause you just throw money. Like yeah. if I could just throw money at it and then like, you're not thinking about the credit card bill later on. You're just like, I need something. I need to get, I need to take this off my list. And and to add to that, like adding the managing of clothing, like if you have children and you're wearing something, sometimes it's like, are you gonna put the same dress on the next day? If you've just sweated and snotted in it from the funeral, you've got to meet people in that. Do do you wash it? Does a friend take it home and wash it and dry clean it for overnight, whatever. Like you have to manage your children's clothes that they stuffed in the corner before they went to bed. So it's a management issue. You're managing your breathing. Clothes on top of everything else. Like you don't have a wardrobe style that's going. This is what you'll be wearing today. That's you know, right.
0: that's right. So some of it isn't so much about how do you get to feel good. Some of it is how can you prevent feeling worse. It is the yeah. thing that I. I had a friend whose uh, father-in-law died recently, and I was like, "Do you want me to take your kids and get their clothes?" Because having been on the receiving end of what a relief it was to not have to worry about it. And, and you know what, to be honest, I couldn't tell you what my kids wore. That was how much I didn't have to care about it. And, you know, so now I, I, I have employed that as, wow, that was really good for me. Let me help you. No one has ever taken me up on the offer when I'm like, I could do this for you. And I'll just say for people who are listening, because someone is going to hear this and, and remember it later, Amazon has amazing suit clothes that are really meant for like kids uniforms. And they're there yeah. all year round and they are not expensive because the quality is not very high, Yeah. Um, but you can, you could buy multiple, you know, three different jackets and then just drop them off at, you know, Whole Foods right. to send it back. Um, And that's and, new that yeah. didn't that line of yes
1: that yes that that was never an option for me with my father-in-law or whatever but it's true and even still even if you said like you know what I'm going to adopt a uniform for all my kids to be in because I can't be going to find them jackets let's say you're a single parent or whatever and you just don't have the resources it's not the worst thing to say black t-shirts for everybody you know like you know who's criticizing your kid that you didn't step up and like put them in a suit jacket I mean Unless you belong to a church, like I said, and you have these resources, like, no, just everybody wear, you know, that one thing. And then if your kids all match enough and you're, you know, like it's enough, like it shouldn't be, I think what you have to focus on, although yeah. it's not a bad diversion when you are going through it.
0: I think one of the
1: things that's really
0: hard, one of the things that's a truth in grief is that while you are the griever, what it feels like to me is you should not have to put up with anyone passing any kind of judgment or having any expectations of you, but every griever I've ever met will tell you that those things did exist and were there. And of course, right? Like just because- you know, your temple, this is what they normally expect, or this is, and, and I put my kids in flip flops to go to my dad's funeral because there were no shoes. I mean, there were no, I didn't have enough time and there weren't shoes. They were nice flip flops. They were like woven, but I do remember a little old lady, like looking down at them. And I, you know, in, in my grief, I often am super angry and I had the phrase in my head, like, what, what the fuck is your problem? But I didn't say it. It was in a church. I would have said it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I just, but, but it is right. The truth, right? Like the truth is people, other people may have to care differently about your clothes than you do. And I think that, you know, whether you're dressing yourself for a funeral or we're watching you do your videos, the, the message that you are telling us is really, you know, the thing that matters is, is how you feel and not, you can't really control what anybody else out there is doing.
1: And you don't really want to, because once yeah. you're getting outside of, you're you're introducing a third party to either your grief or whatever, like, no, this isn't about what someone else thinks of you, because you, you know, that, especially after a certain age, that's just not going to, you, you'll resent them. There's no, there's no need for it. I think it's, it's also portrayed in you know, movies and such. I just, I was thinking about a scene in the new, oh, Ventura, uh, and just like that, the, yep. the Sex yep. in the City, the episode where it's Big's funeral, and one of the Sanford, her friend, says to the other friend, Anthony, like, well, she showed up with a look. Like, yeah. like we were all looking to see what was she going to yeah. wear to Big's funeral. Like, that was notable. And, yeah. you know, and, and of course, like, it was said, like, yep, she's, yep. She, the audience was going to check her out. We were going to check her out as as the viewers and the people who knew the character of Carrie was gonna check her out. And we get those judgments coming at us like, so that we think, oh, we we should be looking for our widows to be chic and, you know, wearing something, you know, appropriate. And we want that certainty of like, well, if we can judge, then we know we had a show what we should do. Like by judging, I will ground my behavior, you know, in, in something that I can feel comfortable with you know,
0: so. Yeah. And I think sometimes the judgment and caring about those other things are also like a little bit of a relief from the reality that we're sitting here at a funeral or Shiva or whatever. And that someone has died because they're, you know, we may not all get cancer. We may not all become millionaires. We, you know, we may not all send our kids to Harvard, but like we are all going to sit at a funeral of someone that is beloved to us at some point in our lives. We just will. And so when people are doing other things at funerals, I mean, you know, you might want to hate them for it, but I also think there there is this like instinctive, what kind of behavior and thinking can I use to sort of pull myself
1: ground myself
0: outside
1: yeah. of that ethereal. Like we don't know what death yeah. is, but we know, Oh my God, look what she's wearing.
0: I had this crazy thing. I wrote about it. It's on my medium account. Maybe I'll figure out a way to post it. Cause it, it had a little viral moment. I, I wrote about the dress that I, that I ended up buying for my dad's funeral, which I had passed when I was with my friend. I just, I knew it was my size. I knew the designer. So I just like pulled it and I must've put it on the night before. And realized that it was really black, like very simple and black. And I was like, I wish it had a collar, or I wish it had something. And I got really bizarrely obsessed, Obsess- like like when you're a teenager and you're like, I need so much sense. To use. And I was right, like actually, I had this meta of like this thing that I'm doing right now is really illogical and probably has wisdom in it. So same (laughs) friend, my friend, Sarah, I called her and I was walking. I live like near Bethesda, Maryland. And so I walked into Bethesda, which has a little downtown and the downtown has all these little stores that are like jewelry stores and expensive jeans stores and a William Snowman, all that stuff. And I'm like, I, I just need to find a crappy little necklace. So I walk into a few stores and like, that I don't like the crappy little necklaces or they're too expensive. And then I'm like, I'm on the phone with her and she's kind of, you know, almost like a pilot, leading a pilot to land a plane. She's just (laughs) kind of grounding me from the outside. And she says, you know, just make sure to buy something that you don't like because you may never wear it again. And if you like it and want to wear it again, it might be complicated. And I was like, oh, that's good. And I walk past this jewelry store. That's like a, you know, it's a chain and I don't like any of the stuff. And so I walk in and I'm like, oh, I hate everything in this store. This is perfect. I'll find something. But I say say it out loud. And this like 20-year-old clerk kind of turns around and she's like, you hate everything in the store? And I was like, you didn't hand make it, lady. Like, what do you care? So I hang up with my friend and I'm like, listen, I, my dad died and I need a necklace for this dress that I'm only going to wear once. So I don't want to feel bad about the fact that I don't like your jewelry, but I don't. And that's why I'm in here. And this like 23 year old is like, okay, well then let's get you something from the sale cabinet.
1: Oh my God, Walks I love that. over
0: to the sale cabinet. And she's like, and is it also your birthday? And I was like, no. And she's like, did you say yes? And I was like, <laughs> we walk over to the sale cabinet and there's this like necklace that is made of hematite. So it weighs like a thousand pounds. I, t- need I to take be- a picture by more, just like I take a picture and I send it to my friend and her response is that looks heavy. And I was like, it is like death. And she was like, it's perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting this necklace and the 20 year old is like talking to me and she's like, I'm really sorry about your dad. Like her dad had had an illness. He hadn't died, but she was just being relatable And because I was grieving, it made me cry because anytime anyone was kind or compassionate or even spoke to me. Don't be nice to me. I'll cry. So she says to me, so do you really hate everything in the store? And I was like, you know, I walked past those bracelets and they're like kind of interesting. And they were these huge gold cuff bracelets that were like intertwined. They were just like interesting. And she was like, oh, we call those the wonder Woman bracelets. And then I, you know, started to cry because she was kind and she was like, you know, there's water, there's seltzer water. It was like a fancy store in the bathroom. Why don't you go get one? So I go get a seltzer water. I come back, I pay like half of the ticket price of, for this necklace. And I'm know, I'm never going to wear again. And I have to be honest, I didn't even wear it on the day. Oh,
1: interesting. I, didn't wear
0: I was like, why did I think I needed a necklace? This looks weird. So I never wore the necklace. Uh, I gave it away, but I, when I got home, one of those gold bracelets, oh, it, could make me cry now,
1: was in the bag. Oh, she gave it to me. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. yeah. And like, it didn't matter that you didn't wear. you went through the, that's why I say like- I wore the shopping. gold
0: bracelet. I wore, yeah. I wore that
1: gold bracelet a and dozen like, times. The shopping gave you an experience out, you know, to, I do think that that like the preparing for the having to be public yes. and the funeral and then all that. And she really made your experience richer for having walked into that ugly, uh, ugly ass jewelry store. Like you were better off having met her. I was, I was,
0: and I, and the bracelet is this like very, it almost looks like it's snakes or something. And I've worn it a bunch of times when I have something simple on, you can put it on and it's like, Oh, you look like you're dressed up. And people will say, that's an amazing bracelet. I'm like, you have to hear the story of the bracelet.
1: Yeah. And then it
0: gives me this way to like talk about my dad's funeral. I mean, I'm surprised it choked me up just now because I've said it so many times and it doesn't usually choke me up, but, but I'm happy to see that it chokes me up because that's how it felt. It felt like this like universal experience that she was like, oh, don't be that way. And I was like, no, I, I, this is the way that it is. I can only be this way. Yeah. And then she was like, okay, I got you. And, you know, sent me home with a necklace, but also something you know, Wonder Woman bracelet. It was, and
1: and the metaphor of it is is pretty. Phenomenal it is. Too. I
0: know. I know the metaphor but of it. The other
1: the other thing is like, and and I spoke to this in the beginning. Like, yeah, I think that people will say, like, well, what do I wear to a funeral? It doesn't it doesn't matter. But constantly, if you if you listen for it, people are constantly saying, well, what's the dress code when I go to that event, or what's the dress code when I go to someone's, you know, house party dinner, whatever, and. I find that like there's so much meaning in clothes and and jewelry too. Like there's the the reason why people hold on to other people's clothing or you know something quintessentially them. Like oh that's that purse my mother always carried and you know it smells like her purse. Like that's meaningful and you can even look at your friends now and that are well and alive and well and be like that's so them. That scarf thing is so 100%. them. That's exactly- so it's exactly it's a lot more meaning than people would like to give it. They think, well, I don't care about clothes. That's frivolous. People who think about that stuff is frivolous. But in fact, like you, like you said earlier, like we, we dress for weddings, we dress for hiking, we dress for things. There's a reason why people and men too, this is not limited to women who think about this. I remember watching some television program when someone was interviewing, and they're like, "Oh, I hope what I'm wearing is okay." And I'm thinking, "You're a billionaire, famous yeah. media star. Like, you're worried about like what you're wearing." But yes, yes we all worry does. about what we're wearing. We—it's universal. Yeah, it signals so much to our audience. It just signals who we are, what we think of ourselves, what our priorities are. It's like so telling. It's such—it's a communication. It's
0: an extension of ourselves, right? And and so we want to be validated and we want to be accepted and we want to be, you know, for the way that we want to be validated and accepted. So maybe right. that's for being exceptional, maybe that's for blending in, maybe that's for, exactly you know, being thoughtful, right. but, but, all, but however it is, you're hoping that your clothes are going to reflect that. I want to point people in the direction of your social media stuff because it is not usually as somber a conversation as we are having. It's this like delightful, you also do your videos in your bathroom for the most part, which is, really, <laughs> yeah. it's a very beautiful backdrop, Karen, your bathroom, yeah. you know what the rest of your house looks like, but your bathroom is very <laughs> enviable. You, you get a lot of comments about your bathroom because it's so beautiful and beautifully lit and all of those things. But how do people find you if they are looking for a stylist, want to know more about, you know, just being thoughtful about their clothes, want to know? what? Well, thank
1: you. Yeah, I appreciate you inviting me to say I am a wardrobe stylist and I do meet with people virtually and I do meet with them in person. I'm based in South Florida. I'm in New York a lot. So, Manhattan, where I visit very frequently, I have family there. But my blog is harrowstyle.com. And I'll link everything I show on social media. And like a lot of what I wear isn't available because it's old. It's been in my closet yeah. forever, but it just still serves. So, I'll offer links on harrowstyle.com. But I'll also do posts on things I find interesting or notable. And it's not even limited to clothing. Sometimes it's design or, you know, any kind of aesthetic thing. That's on harrowstyle.com. And on social media, I'm at Hero style, everywhere and every social media platform there is. Mostly, I am on Instagram, but TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube Shorts. You know, I'm on. I'm on it all, and and I love hearing from people and having to, you know, hear what their interests and concerns are because I like to address, you know, what people want to hear about.
0: My favorite boots, which I sent you a picture of, are these chunky boots. You, I think. Featured in one of your blog posts a picture of a pair of boots that were like a thousand dollars. They were black and had a really chunky sole before the whole world was doing that chunky tread sole. So you were like on the cutting edge, and I saw them and I was like, oh my God, I think I could wear those with dresses. Yes. Like used to wear like my Doc Martens with dresses like I think I could do this and then I don't know where I was somewhere that had essentially like a 100 dollar knockoff pair of these boots. Okay. I bought them and I sent you a picture and then you sent me back a picture of like how they could be styled and I just have to say even though I often talk about clothes sort of being the bane of my existence it, there is something beautifully voyeuristic about watching you have so much joy in them it makes it feel like there's a possibility even when that's not the way that I'm feeling either about my clothes or about me and my clothes so people who are listening right now who are like hey this is a grief podcast I came to talk about grief who are thinking that you're <laughs> but remember that part of grieving is the pendulum swing to joy and pleasant experiences yeah I every time. Thank you know, you. you bring your energy to it and your enthusiasm to it. And a oh, lot I I mean, it. before we started, we were talking about these amazing gold pants that you were like, first of all, <laughs> I'm not keeping them. But that did not stop you from trying
1: them on share it anyway. and
0: showing us how you would style them. And it made me laugh for like minutes. It was just well, so fun. And I'll that- say
1: one thing that you're reminding of now as we come to a close, my, both of my grandmothers, who I was very close with, very close. They both passed away when I was, you know, on the younger side. Of course, they were a lot older. Their love of clothes is actually why I love clothes. They shared all of that love of clothes with me, so it's almost like an honor to them, and they live within me. They really I do. I love
0: that. I really love that. I am so grateful that we got to do this like meet on you. the internet, and I hope we get to to meet in real I life. Hope so. I. We'll just keep following you. You are doing such a good job. And thank you for having this conversation. Thank
1: Thank you.